You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleaver, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleaver.com. Today we are looking at salt and light, but before Jesus embarks on the body of the sermon, and we're talking about the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus explained in two word pictures that truly righteous people would have uh, what, what characteristics that they would have in this world. The entire sermon, including the Beatitudes before and many teachings after, show how us how to live as salt and light in a world that's representative of another kingdom. Guys, whether we like it or not, we live in the kingdom of darkness, okay? Right now, Satan is running rampant. Eventually, Jesus is going to win if we read the end, right? Jesus is going to win in the end, but right now, Satan is running rampant. So I'm not saying last week I said the Beatitudes were something that all believers should have. I'm not saying that's easy. And today we're talking about salt and light. I'm not saying that this is something that every believer should have that's easy. But what I am saying is this is something that Jesus requires of us. Jesus is continuing in the vein of these tangible things that should exist in the lives of all believers. It's not maybe they should exist. It's they should exist. If you truly are a believer, this should exist in your life. So, what does Jesus call us to be? That's the title of my message. If you're taking notes this morning, what does Jesus call us to be? And you can turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 13 this morning. As Crystal did a great job, you can scan the QR code uh, on the chair in front of you and download the Church Center app. My sermon notes are there as well. I want to encourage you. Those are there until about Saturday. So if you want to go back and look and listen and think about what I said on Sunday, those are there. But the first thing that Jesus calls us to be is salt. Now, as Logan showed us, salt is very, very, very distinguishable. And if you eat too much of it, you will have high blood pressure. Praise the Lord. That's why I picked a young kid. I didn't need anybody having high blood pressure this morning. Uh, So let's read. Let's get into it. Matthew chapter 5, starting at verse 13. It says, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor. Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot and worthless. Ooh, that's tough, right? Steve felt it. I heard him. If salt is not salty, then it's worthless. So Jesus' followers could easy, easily relate to the properties and benefits of salt as described by Jesus in his metaphor. This is why Jesus picked this, because salt was something that was plentiful. But the first thing that salt did was it seasoned and flavored people's food. Just as the chips come to your plate, what's the first thing that you do at a Mexican restaurant when the chips hit the table? You put salt on them, right? Right? Some of you are like, order queso. Okay, that's the second thing, right? 
Or maybe you've already ordered the queso. But uh, just as Christians should enhance the flavorability influence that people and society have around them, salt is a preservative. We as followers of Christ should preserve the moral standing of our society. Salt would keep things from decaying. And so our job is to be salt to keep the moral fabric of our society from decaying. The second thing that salt did is individual Christians and churches that lose their quality become lukewarm. They lose their saltiness. And this is a condition where we're suppressing the activity and the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, this is a very pointed statement. I don't necessarily talk bad about other churches, but, and I don't mean this to talk negatively. But the churches that are growing in our current society are churches that believe in the power and the working of the Holy Spirit. Those that suppress the Holy Spirit are not growing. If you don't believe me, look up the statistics. The third point that Jesus was trying to make is that as a result, these Christians who are not seasoned with salt will be trampled by men. Which means they will end up giving in to the ways and values of an ungodly society. Guys, do we live in an ungodly society? All the questions that we have in our society today that people are asking, I never thought would be asked. What is a man? What is a woman? Can a man love a man? Can a woman love a woman? These are questions that I never thought as a child that we would get to, but yet they're readily available and in our face whether we like it or not. Even my own son, who's in the sixth grade, is already having to deal with these things. And I bet if you ask your kids, they're already dealing with these things. But our job as followers of Christ is to preserve the values that God has given us in our world. What are the primary values that Jesus gives us? The primary thing that Jesus tells us to do is to have a family and to be fruitful and multiply. Why is that? Because when our world is evil, when our world is doing these things, we are called to be fruitful and multiply. Now, some of you are saying, preacher's telling us to have more kids this Sunday. I'm just saying, right? I had four. Catch up. All right? Just kidding. <laughs> you don't have to catch up. Some of you have already beat me. You know who you are. Uh, but the nationwide birth rate between 2007 and 2022, dropped by 14.3 births per thousand people to 1.1 per thousand. That's nearly a 23% drop, according to the CDC. We are to the point now that we are not replenishing society as fast as people are dying off. So we're actually losing ground in population. Now, why is that? I think there's a lot of things. But 
Our society is not promoting family. Our society is not promoting having children. What it's, what it's promoting is a selfish means, meaning I want, to be, I want to do what I want to do as long as I want to do it. I don't want to have to marry an opposite, the opposite gender if I don't want to. I want to do what I want to do. And what has happened is we've seen slowly the birth rate go down. And so the kingdom servant who does not live according to nature as salt is useless to the kingdom advancement of the kingdom of earth. One might even question the genuineness of such a person's kingdom citizenship. What I'm saying to us this morning is if we are not salty, if we are not doing our best to preserve the ways of the Lord, if we are being attracted by the world and changed to the world, I would even suggest that maybe, maybe we don't have kingdom citizenship at all. Guys, the world we live in is only getting worse by the day. We have to stand firm on the truths and values that we find in God's word. We can't be swayed by what the world would tell us to do. We have to stand firm on the Bible and what God would say to us. And what God would say to us is traditional things. That doesn't mean that they're outdated. It just means that it was set forth in the foundations of the world. That a man should love a woman and they shall be fruitful and multiply. Now, some of you are past the age that you could do that. That doesn't mean that you are not useful. What that means is you are called to encourage the younger generation to live in the ways of the Lord. And we have to encourage though, because listen, the world is telling us that, that this way is foolish, that walking in the ways of God is nonsensical, that it's too traditional, it's too stuffy, it's too stuck up. But guys, if we want to be happy, we have to base our life on the foundations of God. The second thing that he calls us to be, he calls us to be salt, but he also calls us to be light. Let's read out the rest of it, verse 14. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Y'all remember that song? Hide it under a bushel. I'm gonna let it shine. Hide it under a bushel. I'm gonna let, okay, that's where that comes from, all right? Just so in case you know. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand. Some of you are like, what are we singing? Okay, look it up on YouTube. You will, uh, apparently didn't go to church as a child. But where it gives, and that's okay, where it gives light to everyone in the house. Verse 16, in the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Guys, what is it saying? Live such a good life that everybody wants what you have. We are called to be light. In Jesus' time, people used small clay lamps that burned olive oil to draw up a wick. As Christians, we should be like, this simple, like these simple lamps, providing light in the spiritual darkness in this world around us. Guys, I've said this before, but we had a huge opportunity during the pandemic. And we ran and hid like everybody else. 
We had the light to shine that no matter what happens, no matter if, if this plague, like they said, is going to knock out a whole bunch of people, if we have a relationship with Jesus, we have hope. But we ran towards the darkness just like everybody else. But guys, our lives should stand out from the others around us. People should look to us and go, I want what you have. They shouldn't look at us and go, man, I don't want that stress. You know, as, as Gian said earlier, you know, we, sometimes we have to lean against God. Our world has no hope in depression. Our world has no hope in anxiety. But we can lean against God. And we should live our lives in such a way that shines the light of God to all around us. Guys, through practical service and loving interactions, we open the door to sharing Christ's bold and true message. Then we are more likely to be able to influence the people around us. Now, last week, I told you, you need to start praying for somebody. Praying for that one that Jesus would have you bring to Easter. This is where the second part comes in. Because nobody wants to go to church with you until they know that you care about them. And so you've prayed, you've asked the Lord. Some of you may need to deal, still do some praying, and that's okay. But that one person that God has placed on your heart. Now over these next couple weeks, what you need to start doing is not invite them to church. Start showing them the love of Jesus. Find out what their Starbucks order is and bring them Starbucks. Find out what their favorite restaurant is and get them a gift card. If their lawn needs to be mowed, don't complain about their lawn needing to be mowed. Guess what you should do? Mow it. If you see them broken down on the side of the road, Jesus is giving you an opportunity to change their tire. But nobody wants to do anything for you until they know how much you care about them. And that's where Jesus calls us to be light. And I know some of you are sitting there, well, pastor, they don't deserve for me to do that to them. Well, you know what? You didn't deserve the love of Jesus. But Jesus went to the cross, died for you, not because you deserved it, but because he loves you. And you were called to love in the same way. Let your light shine before men. Now, I was going to stop there, but as I was reading, I felt a third point because there's, there's very clearly salt and light. Jesus calls us to have salt and have light, but if you'll notice, he says, don't hide the light. Shine it for everyone to see. So I think the third thing that Jesus is calling to us to in this is to have influence. Both a city on the hill and the lamp on its stand, fulfill their function by being elevated so that many people can see their light in a broad area. Jesus is not saying, just sit there and hide what Jesus is doing. Guys, this is why we celebrate what God is doing. We, we're going to put pictures all over Facebook of people giving their lives over to Jesus, not to sit there and bang our chests and go, look how amazing we are, but say, look how good our God is. God calls us to have influence. God calls us to celebrate. 
I think sometimes as Christians, we, we cower back because we don't want to seem prideful. But don't be prideful about what you're doing. Be prideful about the good work that God is doing in your life. Don't hide that. Don't hide it under a bushel. No, let it shine for everyone to see. That's what we're called to do. Because listen, the world's not afraid to scream out loud all the things that they're doing. The world is not afraid to have pride in who they are. The world is not afraid to let their darkness shine for all to see. But guys, do you know what penetrates darkness? Light. I always remember when I, when I, when I see this. Any, any Gremlins fans in the room, right? What, what would Gizmo say when the light, light would shine? Bright light, bright light, right? Be such a bright light that the devil is going, bright light, bright light, bright light, right? That's what we're called to be. But I think sometimes the American Christianity, we have this, we have this lightweight version that we expect Jesus expects us just to cower behind things and go, oh, I love Jesus. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. But Jesus is saying, no. We're called to say, I love Jesus. We're called to influence our society. We're called to say, you, you guys are a bunch of fools. Look at what Jesus is doing in my life. Now, I'm not saying be somebody else's Holy Spirit. We've got to find that. that we've, we've taken that boldness sometimes and said, well, you need to do this. You need to do this. No, 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 no. What Jesus is calling us is to proclaim his goodness in our lives. Not to call out the negativity in someone else's life. Because no one wants to hear that they're terrible. No one wants to hear that they've done wrong. But if we say to the world, look how good our God is, they want something to do with your life. I don't know if it's hot in here or I'm just getting fired up. A couple of you are. The rest of you, good morning. Welcome to Hope Church. But as Christ followers, we, are expect, we expect that influence is a given. But we live in a culture where influence is earned. We expect because we have Jesus in our heart that everyone should listen to us. You know, and, and many times in leadership, what I tell people is just because you have a title, just because you have a platform doesn't mean that people are required to listen to you. Many of you are sitting in this room not because you think I'm the most awesome pastor in the world. You're sitting in this room because I've had a conversation with you that when we talked you had a meaningful conversation. You feel that I actually care about you. If you didn't feel that I actually cared about you, you would not want to listen to me at all. In fact, if there's ever a time that you feel like I don't care about you, you shut me out. The same is true with everybody else in your life. If they don't feel like you care about them, they don't care about what you have to say. That's why I tell you, pray and ask the Lord. Who is my one person that I need to bring to Easter? When he reveals that to you, it may be the person that you don't like. Jesus has a way of doing that, right? Jesus just loves to grow us and build us, right? You know who's that one person that you need to bring to Easter? The person that drives you crazy. That was for somebody today. I know that you're struggling with that this week, but Jesus has it. 
The next thing he calls you to do is invest in them, love them, care for them. And that's not always easy. Because we want to say, Pastor, but you don't know, they don't deserve that. Sure, sure they don't. But neither did you. You know, you're sitting in these chairs because somebody in your life invested in you. You're sitting in these chairs because someone with influence invested in you. These people got baptized. These four people got baptized today because somebody influenced them. So praise the Lord that somebody was obedient so that you're here today. Here's what we have to understand. You are that somebody for somebody out there. You are that life-changing moment that they're going to tell their grandkids that this person came to my house today and I'm here. Do you know that my grandparents, my dad's parents, when my dad was little, they didn't go to church. They didn't know Jesus. And there was a, a group from First Baptist Mineral Wells that said, you know what? I'm going to take my Wednesday night and instead of just sit in my church, eat the food that I like and study the, the word of God, I'm going to go visit people. So these people sat in their living room with my Mima and Papa. And trust me, they're not the most kind, cool, collected characters ever. And they shared the love of Jesus with them. And they got saved. And I am here as your pastor today because someone said yes on a Wednesday night. Amen. Way back when in Mineral Wells, Texas. Lord, the Lord. Who is that yes? Who is that one generation changing moment for you? So what are our transformational moments this morning? I gotta end this because I'm sweating. It's hot in here. I'm trying to send subliminal messages for them to turn the AC on. I don't know if it's working or not. I hear it running, so praise the Lord. Uh, but what are our transformational moments this morning? Number one, how salty are you? Now, I'm not talking about the world's salty. It's kind of funny that the world's salty is completely different than what Jesus calls us to be, huh? <laughs> I'm not calling you to be salty and upset at everybody that you meet. I'm calling you to preserve. We are called to preserve the ways of the Lord. We are called to preserve the family. We are called to preserve traditional values. You know, it's, it's funny that we call biblical values traditional values. Because they're not traditional values, they're biblical values. It's what God calls us all to be. It's not a tradition, it's a command. And guys, I, I, I'm just coming from a, I'm only 39 and there's somebody, so there's people in this room that are much older than me. You could try it the world's way, but what you're going to find is emptiness. Guys, I ran from God so, so much as a, as a, as a, as a preteen, not a preteen, as a teenager headed into to, to college. You know, I wanted to be a rock star. I'll tell that, you've probably heard that a hundred times, but I chased fame, I chased fortune. I played in all kinds of bars all over the place. Professional musician, you know what I found? Nothing emptiness. 
nothing that could even come close to having the honor and privilege to baptize three people this morning. Nothing could even compare. Guys, imagine, imagine what it'll be like when you bring your friend to Easter and they raise their hand, get a Bible, and then a few Sundays later, you see them get baptized. And I'll make you a bet, okay? I'll make you a bet. I'm not a betting person, but it's fine. If you get your friend here, you get them saved, you can baptize them. I don't have to do it because you're responsible for them. So get them here. Get them saved, you baptize them. That's fine with me. Number two, are you shining a light on all you come in contact with? You know, sometimes Jesus gives us opportunities to shine our light. Sometimes we do our best to shine our light and sometimes we show our booty, right? Sometimes Jesus puts these people in your path because they're having a bad day. And maybe you're having a bad day too. But Jesus is saying, you know what? You know better. You have better. Be better. And lastly this morning, are you an influencer for the Lord? God calls us all to have influence for him. He doesn't call us to hide it under a bushel. He calls us to let our light shine before all men. So what is Jesus saying to you? In just a moment, we're gonna have another song. And I might have some people down here at the front and we'd love to pray with you. But before we do that, I want you to have an opportunity to choose Jesus. Guys, we saw four people get baptized this morning, but the first step to that is giving our hearts to Jesus. And guys, I don't know where you, where you are, where you come from. I don't know what brought you into this room this morning, but I know Jesus wants you to hear one thing. He wants you to hear that he loves you, he wants you here, and he wants you to feel welcomed here. But he doesn't want you to stay the same. Jesus longs for a relationship with us, and in that relationship, is where our life has changed. So in just a moment, I'm gonna say a prayer and if you wanna give your life over to Jesus, you can say this prayer with me. There's nothing magical about the prayer, but the Bible tells us that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, then we will be saved. And we believe this is practically how we can do it. So if you would bow your head and close your eyes all over the room. If that's you this morning and you wanna give your heart over to Jesus, just repeat after me. You could do it softly there in your chair. We're not looking to embarrass you, but repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need your love in my life. Forgive me where I failed you. I give my heart to you today. Take my life, use it for your purpose. In Jesus' name.